Hello and welcome to the New Friends Podcast. I am your host, Sylvia Costa. I hope you all are enjoying this warm weather. I am so much. I'm so done with the cold. What I'm not enjoying is the allergies. This super bloom got me. I'm very excited to be recording again, and I'm even more excited to announce that this very show will now be broadcasted on the Pama Portuguese Media Radio Station, Pama One Radio Station, every other Tuesday at 11 a.m. And then on Thursday, that episode that played on Tuesday will replay at 7 p.m. I'm really excited to serve my Portuguese community As a first-generation Portuguese-American, it is an honor to be reaching so many people, especially my Portuguese people. So, bem-vindos! I hope you all enjoy season two of the show. And for those of you just joining us for the first time, you can listen to previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and now on Bumble One as well. This podcast is a safe podcast place for myself and my guests. I invite some new and old friends and we discuss our life experiences, the good, bad, and the ugly. My friends are your friends. So without further ado, episode 13, Sista Sista. Beijinhos! So I'm back, season two. So today on the episode, I have someone that's very close to me. I don't think you can get more close than a sibling. So for the first time ever, I've talked so much about my sisters. I am one of three. I am the youngest of three girls. Just imagine three girls in one house, one shower, one drink. So I want to welcome my sister, Nelia. She is a mother, a wife, a sister, a daughter. She's very passionate about her education. She's a businesswoman and she just loves collaborating with other people to make it a better place for all of us. So she's the perfect guest actually. So welcome Nelia Soares to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) How are you? I am, I'm great. I'm loving this uh, warmer weather and all the flowers blooming. That's just my thing. I love being outside in the nature. So this is, I'm in my element right now. I just love it. I, I know you are the flower girl and you definitely yep. have gotten me more into it. And there is definitely something that makes you feel grounded when you got your hands in the dirt. Or you, yeah. Even sometimes I'll go outside barefoot on the grass and I'll just <laughs> stand there with barefoot on the grass. I'm like, I guess I'm grounding myself right now. Oh, definitely. I, I have to say gardening has definitely become my therapy. That is my happy place. I just love getting dirty in the dirt, planting flowers, watching them grow. And I'm definitely a plant mama, a whatever flower mama. I don't really do well with um, with fruits and vegetables, but I would have to say it uh, kind of brings me joy to watch the plants and flowers grow. I am on, um, you know, I can do succulents. Yeah. <laughs> but I've done really good with my hydrangeas, I'm but really I think it's all about placement. <laughs> you for trying. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I have a whole, like I saw somebody on TikTok the other day, they got this whole aluminum, uh, like sheet pan and they put soil in there and they start growing from there and then they can transfer them. So this week in me and Alex, that's our project. We're going to put uh pumpkins and watermelons because I really want to have our own pumpkin for uh, Halloween. Oh my gosh, they're gonna take over your <laughs> I know I was reading the back. I'm like, I can't plant all these seeds. This is gonna be crazy. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try. It is it is very fun. We got I was having a rough week as some of you guys have known we unfortunately lost our grandmother in February. And a lot of gardening and things like that. I feel like it stems yeah. from her. Uh, definitely. She, I still remember, um, some of the fruit trees she had. And then also, um, our other sister reminded me of the fuchsias that she used to have that she would actually like sit there and pop them because you can kind of pop them open. (gasps) You just literally (laughs) brought me back. (laughs) 
I know. I forgot about that. So I bought a fuchsia plant, but it's kind of dying. So I'm just hoping that I can learn how to be, you know, how to use to water it and whatever it needs because it just reminds me I want something to remind me of her in my garden um I put like a little angel and I put some flowers just I just feel so at peace in my garden and um having little bits of reminders like you gave me a a hummingbird that reminds me of her um just kind of just makes me feel like she's around me I had a sad morning like I don't know it kind of hits me in the morning where I'm like oh my god like she's not here whatever yeah so I was having a grumpy day and Roger comes home and he's like hey me and Alex got you this and it was um a planter box with strawberries to grow strawberry because he, he's been knowing that I've been wanting to do fruits and vegetables and I was I just started crying I was like <laughs> oh my god like I can't believe you did that for me after I was so grumpy and like everything's like he he lost his grandma, I think it was like maybe seven years ago, and he was very close to her. So he he knows he's like it's gonna come and go. Like yeah, it's gonna be really hard. The other day I broke down when I saw a picture of her because it's one of those moments where you you look at their picture and you just can't believe that that they're not here anymore. It just mm-hmm. really weird. I think we've gone through a lot of different emotions in the last few years, but then in the last few months. I just didn't know. You don't know until it happens how you're going to feel. And um, it definitely felt like I I had to close a chapter in my childhood. So it just, it, it's, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it just feels um, like your childhood is kind of done. I, I mean, not, it is done, but I don't know how to explain it, but it's just kind of like a chapter has closed. Yeah, I think how I explained it when she did pass, because um, for some of you guys that don't know, my grandma suffered from Alzheimer's and dementia. So this ugly disease sometimes can take a very long time till you, you know, get your angel wings. So we, everyone knew the end resolution of this. And the last year was really hard. And she went through a lot of hard times, but she always somehow made it through. And I was telling my husband that I think the little girl inside me just maybe had like, she's going to jump back or she's going to be back. And you have that glimmer of them the way they were walking, talking and being like your little grandma. And so when it did finally happen, it wasn't like I was mourning the grandma that was sick for the really sick for the past you know, year to three years. It was the grandma we had as kids. Yeah, that's very interesting because I feel like the moment she passed, I no longer remembered her in her late stages of her life. The mm-hmm. that I knew was the one with the, the you know, just full of life, um, just always at the Portuguese festas, just... The one that you loved hearing her laugh, it was like a trickle effect. As soon as she, we could be talking about something serious, but then she would make it like funny and then we would all laugh and then it would just be an explosive, just giggle uncontrollably and just yeah, see your pants laugh. Um, I think that in your eulogy, which you so be- beautifully wrote, Nelia, Thank you. You said um, she gave us so much unconditional love and you were referencing every single grandchild. Is there seven of us? Eight, 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 eight of us. And you said that she gave us all so much love individually. And then your like cute little remark was, I'm very emotional today. <laughs> I don't know why. But you said um, grandparents have such a special way of doing that. Yeah. And that is so true beyond beliefs. Like, our grandma was down for everything. Like, the crazier, <laughs> funny idea we had. Like, she never really told, told us no. Like, she did. She was definitely more strict than her other grandma. Like, you know, she, she definitely had some backbone. But it was never, like, 
she was never a mean grandma. You would never say she's a mean grandma, which, you know, you hear, you hear, not everyone has the blessing that we had as a grandparent. So with her passing, we've had so many other healing things happen in our family and that is happening and I hope continues to happen that she's giving back to us in her unconditional way in so many other aspects still not being here. Like yeah. she taught me to love more unconditionally from just her passing mm-hmm. because you admire the person. Like, you know, we were able to celebrate the person that who she was. And I think that was very important for all of us, for people to know, especially through the eulogy that she was a very successful immigrant woman that came here. Yeah. And she was so resilient. She didn't, can you just imagine being in a foreign country, not knowing the language, but being able to get your driver's license, work, drive around. And a lot of the ladies her age, they weren't as brave as her. They didn't get their, they had their husbands drive for them. Um, She was just very determined. Um, And just the will, she had so much will and like guts. She had guts. Yeah. She wasn't afraid to ask. No. And so I think when I revisit a lot of like the experiences in my life that I have like regret or shame for, I think I um, think of her so much because I feel like I am so much like her with that, when the, with the guts and the grit and the like, nobody's going to tell me no, I'm going to do it. And I, I'm going to show you all kind of thing. I feel like I, I get that like genetically from her, I swear. Um, and so care what people thought about her. And that's the thing that I want. Like she never let like any of her struggles or anything identify her. And yeah. And we have a mix of such different, um, sides. So I think the feeling like comfortable in my own shoes is probably part of like our dad's side that is way more educated in the sense of school. And so there was that sense of wanting to feel um, smart or feel like I was worth something and not feel like the beauty school dropout. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I did beauty school. I did that route. I did the trade. And there was always something in me that felt like I was never good enough compared to like the cousins that all got their degrees and stuff like that. Uh, So, and but then there was a home that I felt with, you know, mommy side of the family with our mom side of the family that they were workers. Like it was different. It wasn't the school education driving them. It was like work. It was work ethic. It was, it was different. Yeah. Education is kind of a personal thing. At least for me, it's very much personal because I don't see someone like you as a beauty school dropout at all. I saw I didn't drop out. I <laughs> I graduated. <laughs> I saw you as a young woman killing it in the beauty industry. You were out there making yourself known. You were out there educating people. You were out there learning from the greatest. I saw someone that was just hustling and and being the best that they can be in their skill, in their um, you know, in their in their industry. So for me, I just respect hard work, period. Yeah. Um, and I would have to say that I think for me personally, going through school, it, it changed me for sure. And I think anybody that went to college will say that school has changed them. For me, it changed me in a good way. I was able to learn a lot. And I feel like I didn't get to a place of being comfortable with school until I got to college. So my journey to my my college degree was very, very rocky. And this is part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this was because um, I think more people need to hear it. I struggled a lot in school. Um, I have a master's degree now, and I never would have thought that I would ever be able to get a master's degree ever. That would never have crossed my mind when I was like in high school. I was terrible at math, absolutely terrible at math. I wanted to be a nurse, but because I struggled so badly in math, I didn't ever think that I would do 
well enough to take the prerequisites to do nursing school. But slowly but surely, it was so rocky in the beginning. I took so many classes that I didn't need to take. But at the end of the day, I learned how to study. I, I tried to really focus. I, I joined like study groups. I joined office hours that the professor had. Um, I was so terrified of taking like physics and statistics, but I actually ended up getting an A in both of those classes um, because I was so terrified of failing them. So I really tried, but you ask me anything about those classes, I probably won't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of learned to pass all the tests and it's probably stayed with me for a couple of years. And then after that, I was like blanked out, but yeah, just a little bit about that. It's just don't give up. And even if you do terribly in high school, that doesn't define your life if you want to continue with school. Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely gives you a lot of confidence when you're like studying really hard and then you're starting to get better grades and better grades. And it just gives you confidence that, oh, wow, I can actually do this. I thought I wasn't really smart enough to do this. And here I am with my bachelor's degree. Here I am with my master's degree. Like never would have thought that was possible. Do you ever watch the Kelly Clarkson show? Yeah, I love it. Did you watch the episode when um, Pink was on talking about her daughter? Uh, I don't remember that part. Well, if if you ever have the opportunity to hear her, how she talks about her daughter, when she talks about her daughter, if she talks to her daughter, she is such a respectful mother to her minor child. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that is a new generation thing. She, it stood out to me so much. And I think about it a lot. I don't know why she said, is it okay if I talk about you right now in the middle of the show, like the Kelly uh, talk show? Mm-hmm. And asked her daughter if it was okay if she spoke about her. And I don't know why. I was like, wow. Like, I don't know. That spoke volumes to me. But she, the daughter, she's like, talking about how she's like, doesn't do anything wrong. She's like, come on. Because we're talking about Pink's daughter, right? Pink was like the ultimate rebel and like, you know, crazy girl. She's like, come on, mess up. You know, you're my daughter. Mess up. Oh, my God. How does that feel? She came home with like 100% or something on a test and all these days. She's like, how does that feel? (laughs) And I was thinking like, yeah, how does that feel? That must feel amazing. (laughs) And now that I'm in school and I'm getting A's, I'm like, it feels pretty damn good. Yeah. (laughs) I have to tell you, it feels pretty (laughs) damn good. But you saying that you struggled with school, Nelia, I would have never thought that ever to me you were so studious you were so much better at school than I was I was not studious honestly I was not studious I'm sorry I I I just have to be honest and a part of that is because I didn't uh really fully understand a lot like in elementary school I think I did great and uh, then we, you know, I, we started off, I started off uh, kindergarten, first grade in a different school. And then I felt like I was killing it there. <laughs> at at uh, Nilsen? No, at Cyril's. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> when we moved, before we moved, you're like you're low test for like school. the smartest person in the class. We <laughs> <laughs> moved to Dublin and I was like, oh man. So we moved to Dublin and then um, it was great. I still continued to do really good, in, in, I think, in elementary school. But then when I it got to like middle school, that's when I really struggled with like um, algebra and stuff like that. Um, and then high school was like, I tried, but I would say I loved English and science. I would say history was so boring for me I couldn't um and then math those two were a real struggle I got through it you know I got through it but it was so hard I don't think I was studious I only did my homework I feel like when people said they studied like I didn't understand what that meant like you're done with your homework why what are you studying now yeah I definitely didn't take extra hours to study I learned how to do all of that in uh in college for sure 
I think that I suffered from ADHD, but not in the way that most people think. It it's it wasn't like a hyperactive ADD. It was just a focusing. Mm-hmm. And um, I I really like got in trouble for a lot of like not paying attention or talking in class. And not saying that's just not how I am in general, but I just deflected because if I was listening and quote unquote paying attention and still not knowing anything, then I had to really face that feeling of I am stupid. I don't just think I'm stupid. I am stupid. So I just really used class time as my stage in a way. And I was talking the entire time. And there was like, I remember taking Spanish one or something and we are fluent in Portuguese. So Spanish one is a piece of cake. It was like, a a a, And the teacher's like, I understand that you're going to get an A in this class, but everyone else is suffering because of you. So you need to stop. I never understood it now, but now when you look back at it and now that I'm going to school again and I'm taking a very light load, I realized, um, no one really took the time to see outside of the troublemaker in me in class. You know, there were certain teachers I think that did, but I needed more of that. I needed um, more encouraging and support rather than um, like just looked at as kind of like a troublemaker. Like there were the fact that I could get a B in history at all was amazing. And I have to give it up. Mr. Sobrani. Hmm. He was the best history teacher that I've ever had, but he taught in a way that I was so captivated and I don't know how anyone else in the room was not. He would be like, and then he came in and then the Germans and then this. And like, he's like screaming in class and you are visualizing this like war happening Yeah, because of the way that he was teaching. And I'm like, that's my style. Hmm. Like, loud and and obvious you know like I would I'm not good at quiet work yeah so the minute I was put in a group project or things like that that's where I excelled yeah there's definitely different learning styles and it just seems like a lot of the way that things are taught is like a lecture so you have mm-hmm. to listen, which a lot of people are may not be auditory learners um and then you have to sit there and like write notes really quick and then you're not grasping the information fully or maybe it's just too fast um but yeah definitely different different learning styles and if you're not really trying um and if you're bored you're just not gonna learn it even though Nelia in beauty school I could not understand color theory and levels and stuff in cosmetology school Mm -hmm. I, I just couldn't get it It was only when I finally found like an education-based salon and it was really broken down to me that I understood it. And then like I, to this day, like my, I I know color theory, I know what it's going to do, the science behind it, the everything. And I would teach it in salons and I diva is like just a huge mentor to me when I, um, this is a a hairstylist that is beyond just being a hairstylist. She is born to teach just the way that she speaks. She told me, you tell somebody first, she told me when you're teaching, you have to be okay with saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over because I used to get frustrated. Like they're not getting it. They're not getting it. They're not getting it. And she's like, You have to be able to tell someone something three different ways. And after that third way, they still don't understand. You walk away Hmm. because there's not much you could do else you can do. And I took, I remember going to uh, teach a class and I was teaching like highlighting, foiling. And I was told this girl three different ways of how to do the same thing. And when you're not applying it in an education setting, you don't want to learn it Mm -hmm. if you're not even trying. So it's just interesting that when I got into, even into the hair world, something, cause they're like, Oh, well now that you're in school, that you want to be in school, you're interested in it. That's why you're doing better to a certain extent. I would say yes. But if you're having struggle, um, 
like a processing, I think I have a like a processing issue, then it's something beyond just like, oh, I like it, so I'm understanding it. And I started school last year in June, so it'll be almost a year that I started this. And again, it's very slow process <laughs> that I'm doing it um, because I've probably registered for school three times and backed out. One of my teachers told told me, I think that you should be evaluated for like a, I don't know if it was specifically a processing thing, but basically, uh, what would you call it? Like a delay or, or educate, like a disability, like a learning disability? Maybe, but I guess it technically would be, but she's like, have you ever, ever thought about getting assessed? Because I, in this specific class, I did every single assignment, every assignment. And I still wasn't doing well because of the tests. And these tests were stressing me out. I would sit down at the test and I would black out for like two hours. And it was always this way with me forever. And it took me back. It gave me so much anxiety because I was feeling all those same feelings again. Like you kind of start hating the teacher and you're blaming it on the teacher and you're blaming it on this is stupid. This is this. This is that. Um, and so because of that, she's like, you're literally doing everything else perfectly fine. It's just the tests you, because you spoke a different language first, you might not realize that you're processing things differently as well, Mm -hmm. which I don't think I'm going to be assessed because I think the only thing I would get is like more testing time. Yeah. I, I think it took a full, like couple semesters for me to understand what type of student I am too and you told me like you have to learn how to study Mm -hmm. because we're not taught how to study Mm -mm. so I've been trying to figure that out and and it's not easy there and there's times where like my head is nodding I'm falling asleep because I've literally mothered and worked all day (laughs) I'm so tired at the night at night doing my homework but there is something very satisfying satisfying about completing a course. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, there's give yourself some grace because the last time you were in school like this was maybe high school or, you know, so um, just getting back into the game, getting back into knowing the flow of the classroom, getting to know your professors and some of them are tough. And some of them are actually like helpful and guide, guide you a little bit more. But um, for the most part, they're pretty rigid um, because it is college and it, you're expected to be a student at a certain level. So a lot of the time, you know, they just tell you how it is. So a lot of it is kind of just a little bit of a learning curve. And I think I think you'll get used to it more now and then just putting yourself in a better environment for taking tests and, and just taking it one question at a time. I hate. Yeah, for sure. I think too, it was the first test I could hear, you know, Roger and the kids in the kitchen. I'm like already like, Oh my God, I should, I just go save them. But I'm like in this time to test. And then I get an F on the test and I just break down crying And I was sitting on the porch and I was telling Roger, I was like, it's just because it literally took me back almost 20 years of that feeling of seeing that big fat F. And I I was crying and I was like, you know how hard I've been working like in this class and the F just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Then, you know, the next test came around. I did better. Like it just was weird starting school again, especially because it's not something 100% that I want to do. I I just know I need to. So I got to get through it, but I would say the first two years of school with, with doing the general ed, general ed are probably harder than the, the second <laughs> and your master's. I feel like it was harder for me. Like the first two years of school was just yeah. so tough. Well, that's why I didn't have like these big expectations for myself. I'm like, okay, it would be nice to get my AA, but first this is the certificate that I'm going to get knowing that I'm going to have a child in elementary school 
I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pick them up and not pick them up and everything with work? Since the last time I spoke on the podcast, I was in a whole different direction. Now I like re-fell in love with the lash world and I'm working. Mm -hmm. I figured that all out, but I'm still going to go to school and maybe that will be my backup or maybe my hands will go out one of these days and I will need some of that. So it definitely is a protection thing for for me. Uh, COVID really made me see how much the beauty industry is disposable in a sense. Not, I think everyone will always need a haircut. Luxury services are the first thing to go out the door when there is something like a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it made me uh, really hate that I chose a trade or maybe just chose the beauty industry in that time. I had a lot of years of regret of my industry. So now... I'm like kind of re-falling in love with my industry because I felt bad that I gave it such a bad rap for so long. So I was mad at it. I was like mad at my career. Don't be mad. I think it's what you needed at the time. That's that's what you were really, really talented in. And you did great in your career and you became a business owner. That is very challenging on it of its own. Um, and I think you should be really proud that you have your own business and you've been able to, um, build that all on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. There's just, when you, you don't, you think that when you're younger and you think of yourself in your thirties, you really think you're going to have it all together. I know. You, do you ever, did you ever go back and read like what you. Oh, I, I wanted to have, be married by 24, have kids at 26. Yeah, so unrealistic. unrealistic. God forbid. They say your 20s is for you to try everything. The Boy, did I. 30s is to like figure out what you like, and 40s is to not give a crap about what anybody thinks, and 50s is to just chill. <laughs> well, I'm learning that the 30s are becoming very transformative years, and my 30s have become so cool. I've liked myself a lot more in the last couple of years. And I, and I think I had, yeah, I just, I kind of feel like thirties have been like, Oh, I come up for air. Like I was working like three jobs, getting myself through college. Like it was so, it was just go, 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 go. That you didn't have, I didn't have an opportunity to sit with my thoughts, to reflect, to do any of that. And now in my 30s, I've had that opportunity. And I feel like it's definitely my healing era, you know, mm-hmm. like going back to really, um, I would say analyzing friendships, like how you have been doing. I also have been doing that too. Um, kind of mourning friendships as well. Yeah. Um, just a lot of unpacking, especially during the COVID years where there was a lot of division and you thought that people thought a certain way and, and thought totally different than you. And, and it was just really hard being isolated from everyone. So you had a lot of time to think. And I'm happy that we're kind of getting out of that and socializing more. Um, but yeah, 30s have been have been definitely different than 20s where you're able to more to sit more with and be reflective and kind of well I think even you and I speak to one another differently now yeah definitely you had asked me when we were kind of basically just like we're putting an end to this nonsense of sister fighting kind of type of thing that you know carries on since when you're a kid and things like that normal sibling fighting and we were kind of like we're done like being this way we don't want to be this way we want to get along we want our kids you know we want all the good and you specifically were like what do you want from me and I think that we should be doing that more to people in our lives yeah because you kind of put me on the spot because I was saying all these things and it's the classic fighting with somebody where you're like, you, 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 but you, but you, but you, but you. And you were like, well, what do you want from me? Like, you're telling me all these things and I am. What can I be? For? What do you want from me? Mm-hmm. And I think that was like re- huge for me. And I think it was a turning point in our friendship or in our sistership where I, I had to remind you that we're now peers 
Mm-hmm. We're both moms now. You know, I think before being the older sister, you were more responsible than me. And you were just played, you know, definitely into the older sister where I was definitely more reckless and things like that. So now we are like, we're peers where there is no like hierarchies, I guess you would call it, um, of the traditional older middle, you know, older to youngest sister. So I think that we actually do better knowing what we want from each other. And you were just like, done. I was just like, I just want you to treat me like I'm your peer. And mm-hmm. you're like, done. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Yeah. And I was just I, like, whoa. I hear that from you too, because um, I always uh, took the role of like being the protective older sister. Cause I always felt like you needed protection and you didn't, <laughs> you didn't really need protection. You just needed support. You needed somebody to be there for you. That's all. Yeah. I think uh, whenever I feel like, cause I think we are always putting ourselves down, right? We're our own biggest critic. Everyone is your, you're your own biggest critic. So when somebody else is coming in and saying like, no, 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 no. It's like, I'm already getting that from my mom or from whoever. Yeah. Like, if you want me, if you want, like, that's how I was when I was younger. You want to be in my life, then you have to be in a sense, like nice to me. And I felt like you thought you were being like, motherly to me and I think that was a big wedge because I just wanted like the friend Mm -hmm. but I think I think that's just part of who you are too Nelia I just don't want to see people fail and yeah yeah, and I I think I had to tell you that the other day like where it's just like you just gotta let them do what they're gonna do yeah that's I have a hard time with and I've been trying to be better about that's not my problem to solve. Yeah. I've been saying that a lot more now. Not my problem. Not my problem. And I'm very much a problem solver. So if there's like people coming at me with a problem, I'm, I automatically jump to a solution and I just need to not, I just need to be like, is, does that affect my life? No. Okay. Bye. You know, and sometimes <laughs> things don't need solutions right away. Sometimes things need to like linger a little bit. Yeah, it's true to see how they'll play out without you interfering for us I think a lot of things have happened with COVID where we kind of were able to to like for me I realized that I think everybody it's a generational thing where we we in our generation were not really taught how to solve problems so how I always interpreted like my sisters and I would get in a fight but we wouldn't know how to get back into it yeah to be good like we didn't have the tools to be to talk it out to to do this I'm sorry's to do this and do that and also we have to not react I think for a while there I was like well I guess I can't talk to them about anything but it's not that I think we are all protective I told mommy this the other day I was like we're all so protective over one of each other that it is sometimes toxic (laughs) Hmm. in a way um not like crazy toxic but we can we can back off a little bit yeah and going back to like how to have you could have productive arguments you can have like arguments but then there'll be a resolution and then you apologize if you hurt anybody's feelings or uh, say sorry hug it out you're my sister we didn't really learn those kind of coping mechanisms sort of. We tried. I think me and you tried. Yeah. On very, several occasions. I think there was just such a disconnect in our lives in those years. I was just so uh, all the time, loud all the time, on all the time, doing stuff all the time. Like I, uh, it was uh, never stopping. And you were really in a point in your life where you were focusing. You were on school and like, you were just like, <laughs> shut up. You're That's just what... shut up. You know, like we bumped heads. it was hard for you. Yeah. We bumped heads a lot during those years because I just, I didn't have a quiet space to do my work and I was working really late and then really working early in the morning and I still had to study. So it was like, these are not, I'm not in my party stage right now, maybe on the weekends or something, but not during the week. <laughs> I had a client the other day, younger, younger girl, and she was telling me about her relationship with her sibling and how bad it is. 
just the conversation, I could tell that the sibling was struggling like mentally. And I don't think that she realized she's in high school, right? This is a young girl. And I, I was like, I hope I'm not giving her too much advice, <laughs> but I told her, I was like, have you ever just tried to like, tell him like, I know we are not close, but I just want to let you know that like, you can talk to me about anything. Yeah. Like, I, I'm your sister type of thing. And she's like, no, I never tried that. I said, I promise you, I know it's really hard to say because you always feel like you guys are mean to each other and you're young right now, but I promise you that we'll like live in him for the rest of his life if you like stop him in his tracks like that. That is really great advice because I really feel like these young kids, high school age, middle school age right now, even elementary, they're really struggling with their mental health. So bad. you were away from school in the really crucial time in their development and I really think that we're having a mental health crisis right now and there's mm-hmm. me because I know there's not enough resources out there and it just keeps getting worse and we need to do more random acts of kindness because there's a lot of people out there that I bet if you just stopped and said hey like somebody said <laughs> I was at Walgreens the other day and somebody uh, said hey, I love your curly hair. And I'm like, I never get curly hair compliments. Wow. I was like, thanks. I like it. It's just never the same every day. Like, it's always something different, no matter how much of a routine I do. It's different every day. I remember one time you were like, so positively telling me, you're like, I was a hairdresser. You were like, if you had my hair, what would you do? And I was like, (laughs) cry and you were like oh my god that's a lot of work every day oh my lord and I'm a whole week without washing my hair no I have to wash my hair every day and I know there's a like all these amazing curly girls out there that they do like washing goes and they they won't wash their hair for like a week I don't know how they get away with it I don't I maybe they sleep on Mm -hmm. like those and like wrap their hair but like I will have knots in my hair if I sleep on it. And then the next day I try to do anything. No, it's not happening. But (laughs) getting back to um, no random acts of kindness. Like for me, I mean, I'm good. Of course, everyone has their good, bad days. But like if you stop somebody and just be more kind and like, hey, I love your earrings. Hey, I love your shirt. I don't know. Just people are so like zombies right now walking around like Mm -hmm. into their heads like we have this inner voice all the time that's like feeding us you know like really negative thoughts all the time but if somebody can like stop us in our tracks and I don't know we just I just feel like there's so much going on in the world that oh we have to try to be nicer to one another I I think just having um like a little bit more empathy for one another, like people are really going through it. We are in a recession right now. People are losing their jobs left and right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're officially out of a pandemic. I don't know if you saw that announcement. Yeah. It's official. We're officially out of the pandemic. And when I heard that, I was like, like a weight came off just hearing it. Why did I need to hear that? And there was like so, so such a hard time through that where we were definitely so divided and protect so protective over myself and my house and my kids and everything like that. And even with my own sisters who we all had pretty much the same views, we were still very protective over one another um, when it came to seeing each other and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, I had a two month old when the pandemic hit. So imagine that like flu season is scary enough with an infant, but a global epidemic pandemic going on is so scary and postpartum anxiety I know you talked about postpartum um, depression I suffered a lot from postpartum anxiety like really yeah and I was um I was trying to school and everything she was uh, very colicky but we got through that Juan and I got through that we really um we our main focus was just making sure that she was okay we just we when your child is colicky you have no idea what's wrong with them that's the worst part you don't know if it's issues you don't know if it's something more serious you don't know you're just trying to find a solution as to why they're crying because they look like they're in so much pain and it's the worst Mm -hmm. thing to see your 
like screaming off the top of their lungs for hours like there has to be something wrong what is it why why can't we figure this out so you just feel super hopeless and the only thing that you can do is lean on your partner to help you and when that came but- out today I the first person I thought of was our father because he's the one I remember him saying in 2020 that this is going to take three years to go away and what do you know it's 2023 Wow. You know, he's like that. I would love to have him as a guest yeah. on the podcast. He's a, my, our dad is a very um, intelligent man. I feel a lot of people don't know the guy, you know, mm-hmm. like deep um, he's thoughts very, and stuff like that. He's very wise, very smart. He keeps his thoughts to himself a lot, though. So if you don't pry it out of him, sometimes you don't you don't learn from him. But I've learned a lot from him in the last, you know, my whole life. But he's very, he's very much, I relate to him because he likes being geeky with science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and he's very much like, if you talk to him about landing on Mars, he'll talk to you about that. Uh, (laughs) big believer of aliens (laughs) yes he has wild ideas wow he loves time machine conversations he thought about the tesla way before the tesla (laughs) yeah he has very uh in uh, a big force innovative like ideas yeah and um it it doesn't sound crazy to me i always (laughs) (laughs) so with him saying that the pandemic would last three years and and the the world uh, we were supposed to only shut down for two weeks i wasn't buying it either and i totally did agree that it would take three years because look how you know there's so many people around it's gonna take a while for it to stop spreading (laughs) um as far as knowing that our dad is very intelligent very smart he didn't attend college my our dad he's very successful in his own right without you know an education in the sense of like a degree and i just have to say this nelia is the first girl in our family to have a master's degree that's amazing (laughs) nelia you like paved the way for our nieces and your daughter and it's so funny because we're pretty much all girls, so we are we're definitely like a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> but mm-hmm. a lot of pressure with education, and I think that was because he knew you were going to be the one <laughs> to give him a degree. In a way, I pre- feel he lived di- by care your education journey. He gave me pressure when I was already in college, so I was like, "Why didn't you tell me this years ago?" But yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I, I definitely wanted to do it because I knew that I didn't have enough knowledge for the career that I was trying to get into. Um, and I wanted to do it for myself. It's really, for me, it was for myself. There's, you cannot take a degree away from someone. And so I, I just feel very proud of that. First generation trying to navigate the school system, the university system on my own, had no idea what I was doing, um, but kind of learned along the way. And um, now what I really want to do is I want to mentor people. I want to coach people along the way that want to learn more about like, you know, which colleges to choose, which majors to choose, things like that. Because I felt like I didn't have that. I had nowhere really to turn. Um, I know a lot about I know a lot about um, interviewing, interviewing styles, resumes, doing all of that. So I would, a lot of my younger, our younger cousins have reached out to me with, um, you know, uh, asking me questions about all of these different types of degrees that they should take. And I'm like, oh, that's nice that they thought of me. Yeah, you've become a role model for everybody. So I am, I'm here if anybody needs advice on that. Well, I'm, I have to say, I'm very proud of you. You, That alone, being pregnant is hard, but then having to be in school, like, and you were working, you literally were like, if I had to picture you in high school, like you were working always like two jobs minimum, always in the books. 
it's starting to really, really, really pay off. It really is. And now I'm able, I feel like I'm able now to give back a little bit. I have some like interns that I'm supervising this summer that are undergraduate. Um, and it really feels so good to, to like coach them, to mentor them. And it's going to be a really exciting summer for me. I just feel like I'm giving back now. Um, so yeah, education always excites me. It really does. Like being back, I feel like I could be forever a student. I just, you wow. know, I went to, <laughs> we could not be any more different. <laughs> Cal State East Bay. That's where I went to college. And to many, it is a so-so, eh, um, you know, campus. But to me, I was a little kid in a candy store. I, it's on top of the hill. You see all of the Bay Area, I just felt so inspired to be there. And um, and then I went to go visit other colleges that I had. Ne I, we never did this, never visited colleges. This never. And so when I went to Stanford, when I went to the University of Oregon, I was like, whoa, okay, these are colleges now. <laughs> but to me, Cal State East Bay will always have my heart because... That's where I learned a lot. And I and I still love that campus. It's it's still really great. Well, I know you've always said that. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Nellie. I appreciate you, sister, for coming and sharing your words and thoughts to everyone and all the listeners. It's good to be back and have a familiar voice that I, you know, I, I know what's really, uh, it's a safe space for me to talk to you. Yeah, this was really nice talking to you. I'm really proud of you with this podcast. I'm really happy that you're having these vulnerable, tough conversations um, and just being really honest because I think that is what we need most. We need, we, we're, you know, we're done with seeing all this Photoshop on Instagram. We want the real stuff, the real everyday, what people are going through. So I appreciate your um, honesty and your vulnerability and sharing that and getting others to share as well. I'm really proud of you. Thank you for having me on your show. Of course, and I wish you even more success, and I hope that you can sleep better now that you yeah. don't have essays to write all the damn time. I'll never forget your post-it notes. Oh, <laughs> it was so satisfying when you get to knock one of those down. <laughs> From post-it notes to degrees. Yes. Exactly. Proud of you too, sister. I love you. you. I love you. Bye. Bye.